0: I've been chatting with homeschool moms just like you. There's one mom who's trying to clarify her values and decide whether her values are really aligning with her daily activities. There's another mom who wants to try this homeschool thing again, but she wants to do it more intentionally this time. And there's a mom who's trying to clarify who she is and why she's here on the planet outside her homeschool mama role. Season 5 has been dedicated to the real homeschool mom who wants to show up more authentically, confidently, and purposefully. And I hope you found a few nuggets in the past few episodes so that you can do just that. I believe that who you are, what you actually value, how you frame your life, how you understand your purpose, and how you address your challenges will deeply influence how you do life and also how you show your kids how to do life. So welcome to the final episode of the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast, Season 5. In this past season, we explored concepts that can support our journey to authenticity, confidence, and purpose. We explored lessons that we could learn from authorial influencers like Brené Brown. Kristen Neff, Elizabeth Gilbert, Rachel Gathercole, John Taylor Gatto, Marie Forleo, Gordon Neufeldt, Marshall Rosenberg, Amber O'Neill Johnston, Amy Morin, Gretchen Rubin, and myself. We learned about our big emotions, self-compassion, fostering creativity, nurturing the nurturer, everything about homeschool socialization. We thought outside the box when we discussed deschooling schooling concepts and living beyond life's challenges. We were reminded of the most important things, that relationships with our children are the most important things, that identifying our feelings and our needs and creating a system to listen to our feelings and our needs and listen to other people's feelings and needs is imperative for healthy relationships. We considered our most important relationship, that of ourselves, relating to ourselves, knowing how to relate to all the different parts of us because our relationship with ourself influences every other relationship. We had a beautiful conversation with Amber O'Neill Johnston, author of A Place to Belong, about building authentic community and building connection by honoring and acknowledging our diverse differences, including each individual around us. We had an engaging discussion on how to pursue working homeschool mom identities and fulfillment while also showing up on purpose with our homeschooled kids. And we learned from a 17 year old, almost graduated high school student who transitioned from a homeschool life to a brick and mortar school in her high school years that identified that school was her next step in her life and learning journey. And on today's final episode of season 5 on nurturing your authenticity, confidence and purpose, today I want to share with you six things I've learned about how to live your life on purpose. Before I get started, I want you to know that I think we could come at this discussion of purpose from many different perspectives. Today's specific perspective on purpose comes from a post that I wrote at the tail end of our world schooling trip to rural Ghana with our four homeschool kids. My husband volunteered at the local hospital for a month. While we brought community to the expat families, we learned from the Muslim and Christian communities, We learned about their charitable communal practices and their goals in economic and social development, and pretty much every afternoon, we bought mangoes in the market. We attempted to communicate in a second language ever so clunkily. We each had an opportunity to join my husband on pediatric rounds while he assessed babies to five-year-olds as they were healing from cerebral malaria. It was a profound month. Of learning, I want to share with you about a story from my time sitting alongside my husband on pediatric rounds, but I want to warn the listeners that if there is anyone that has had a recent loss or is deeply grieving from something, that they may not want to continue to listen to this episode. So, on one of the afternoons, I had an opportunity to go along with my husband into the hospital to sit alongside him as he was doing rounds. So, how they would do it in pediatrics, they had beds on all the f- walls of the room. Um, probably there were about 20 beds in a room that when I was on pediatrics as an RN, we probably would have had. Um, Maybe two, and even that was separated by curtains, but in this specific room, maybe there was 30 beds, 20, 30 beds with kids on the bed and parents standing beside So I am sitting beside my husband. It's in the middle of the room. And he's sitting on a chair. I'm sitting on a chair. He has a very rudimentary little desk in front of him and notepad and paper and pen in front of him. And he's got a stethoscope, some basic assessment tools. There is a lineup of women standing with their kids, whether it's a baby all the way to about five years of age, and they're holding them, maybe sitting on a chair if they have a chance and waiting until my husband's done. And after my husband has finished assessing, then they go back to their beds. This particular afternoon, a nurse interrupted the line with mom and dad and the baby that was wrapped in her mother's arms. The nurse interrupted the lineup. And of course, a translator had to be used to explain to my husband why the lineup was interrupted. The mom placed her baby in my husband's arms, and I couldn't understand the language. But I understood the mom's anguish in her eyes as she passed her baby to my husband. The baby, noticeably flaccid, as my husband held her on his lap, took his miniature stethoscope, pediatric stethoscope, to her chest to listen for signs of life. I could tell, based on how he was stoically slowly very slowly responding he moved that stethoscope across the front of her chest then moved it toward the back of her chest so slow so very slow he finally looked up to the mom and said i'm sorry she knew she knew before she stepped into that lineup My husband gently wrapped the baby in the colorful cloth, carefully passed her back to her mama. All 30 of the beds and all the occupants in that room, in that lineup, sitting in that lineup, standing in that lineup, in the hospital beds, anywhere in that room, knew. Compassion is recognizable in human eyes. It doesn't require a verbal language. It seemed to me that they had seen this story play out many times before. They weren't nearly as quick to tears as I was. Despite working in PEDS in a North American hospital, I could hardly contain my tears, my heartache. But I know that I didn't have the capacity to not burst out in tears and have an afternoon of feeling overcome by the sadness of this baby's life, of the loss of that mama's empty arms. So this podcast episode won't explore one of life's greatest aches, the loss of a child. But it's important for me that I set a context for what I'm about to share with you. Because this is one of the stories that I had the privilege of being part of witnessing. So what I share with you The majority of what I share with you was written within the month after we left rural Ghana, the six ways to live your homeschool life on purpose. As we drove those 12 hours from our dusty town in northeast Ghana toward the capital city of Accra to return home after four weeks, I jotted my notes about living my life on purpose in my orange iPod. Traveling does that to you. It can teach you the most important lessons in life. The first thing that I learned was to enjoy and appreciate each comfort, but don't make the comforts the goal. Comfort seems to be the baseline focus of our North American culture. Certainly something we strive for and assume is our right. Obviously not so in the developing world The basics here are luxuries, many other places, like clean tap water, flushing toilets, goodness, organic gluten free, dairy free food. Mostly I think North Americans don't really think that comfort is our primary goal in life. But we can be thankful that our everyday is truly filled with a whole lot of comforts. But you know as I know that I like comfort. or I wouldn't have named my website Capturing the Charmed Life. I don't like heartache. I don't like pain. I don't like anger, mine or yours. And I don't like seeing heartache and pain for others either. I think we humans are constitutionally bound to avoiding all of the pain, all of the discomfort, searching for comfort. And yet we cheat ourselves from fully accepting, surrendering, and growing from all that life has to teach us when our only goal is comfort. We cheat our kids from having a plan to deal with those things too, because they are going to deal with those things too. So what's our life end goal? Well, we get to decide, I mean, within relative limitations, everything that happens to us is not just choice, in my opinion. But we need to decide. We need to state our values and regularly assess whether how we're living aligns with our values so we can enjoy and appreciate each comfort, but don't make comforts the goal. The second thing that I learned was that our daily existence is ours to create. Perhaps in the developing world, there is a threat of disability or disease or poverty in more ways than here, making it a whole lot more challenging to provide for one's family there. Economic or educational opportunities radically shift one's lot in life. In North America, the potential is available to a lot of people in some form. And because we're relatively more secure and comfortable, some of us way, way, way more secure and comfortable, we need to build into our lives an intentional practice to seeing, noticing, participating in the hard and difficult and doing something, anything to help others get out of their challenge. What skills do you have or skills that could be developed that could help guide others into greater health or freedom or purpose? You have them. I'm 100% convinced that we each are placed on this earth for a unique intention when we let go of what we believe other people think we should be, when we let go of the notion that we're just here to survive, and when we listen to ourselves, our emotions, our needs, our natural aptitudes. P.S. If this second idea of our daily existence is ours to create, if that resonates with you, but you'd like to clarify what your intention is, your purpose, then book a conversation with me. The third thing that I would share about what I learned about living on purpose is that purpose is created by us. It's not created by other people's approval of us. You can take up stonemasonry, accounting, musical pursuits, or teaching physiology. No matter what the pursuit, you are meant to do something. I don't think it's necessarily static, whatever it is you're supposed to do. Uh, perhaps your skills or your natural aptitudes could probably play out in many different careers or many different activities. Certain people, though, may not understand the value of your pursuit. They might wonder why you're doing what you're doing. I believe you were meant to eke out a purpose in this life to create and just do it. Not look to others to help you decide what to do. Recently, in an interview for my third daughter's college residence, The interviewer remarked on how great it was that I could see the differences and uniquenesses of each of my kids. That it was remarkable that I was honoring their paths rather than assuming and encouraging them towards a traditional path that might create an automatic sense of security. I thanked her as she was paying me a compliment, but here's the two thoughts that I had about that since. The first is that I honor their differences. And their uniquenesses because how can i not i see how deeply very deeply they are very different at core and how unique they are and i can't unsee it or pretend it doesn't have consequence and the second thing is that they have one life to play out and it's this one However, so you know, it's not above me to want them to have the culture's accolades. It's not above me to want their economic success. And it's not above me to want them to have a seeming long-term security plan. I also know, though, that they're living one life. So if my kiddo says she's curious about pursuing fashion design or he's curious about civil engineering, or she wants to try her hand and her feet at performing in professional ballet, or she wants to pursue graduate studies in ancient civilization or psychology, then I'm in. You go, girl or guy. How can I help you go there? And I want to say the same to you. You have one life to play out, and it's this one. What are you curious about? What do you want to try? What do you want to do? I believe you can do it. Curiously and creepily, ChatGPT shared my journey along my path to becoming a life coach. My daughter found this. My daughter threw in a few words, not more than a sentence, and discovered that this is what ChatGPT knows about me. Teresa Weedrick's business journey began at Starbucks, where she would sit and write about her experiences as a homeschool mom. The passion for writing led her to write a book, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, Nurturing the Nurturer, which quickly gained popularity in the homeschool community. As her audience grew, Teresa saw an opportunity to expand her reach and provide more value to homeschool moms. She started a podcast, Homeschool Mama Self-Care, where she shares insights on self-care and interviews other homeschool moms. Through her book and podcast, Teresa has become a trusted voice in the homeschool community, providing practical advice and inspiration to other moms who are navigating the challenges of homeschooling while taking care of themselves. Teresa's journey is a testament to the power of following your passion and using your expertise to help others. She has shown that with hard work and dedication, Anyone can build a successful business that makes a difference in homeschool mom's lives. Amen, amen, and amen. It's true. Making a difference in people's lives is what I'm here, precisely. Bringing you to greater authenticity, confidence, and purpose in your homeschool and life. So though it'd be creepy that ChatGPT can put that out there, I think it's right. It's where I'm at. It's what I'm doing. So I'm curious if I can help you go to a place that's more purposeful too. Because I think purpose is created by you. Okay, the fourth thing that I learned was don't take your kid's education so seriously. Can you believe I'm saying that? This is what I think. I believe our world finds meaning from self-created structure. Structure being the operative word. And we like to throw money at society's structures. Here's how I see it. We Canadians are always hearing these two messages healthcare needs more money, education system needs more money. Well, more money and committee meetings for the healthcare system does not necessarily translate to healthcare services for you or your family. As my husband, the medical physician, so aptly says, universal healthcare isn't having access to a wait list. More money for the education system doesn't necessarily translate to resources, resource people, or interesting learning opportunities for your kids either. It does likely mean an increase in taxes, but I'll not digress into a purely political discussion here. <laughs> Dare I do such a thing? Sometimes... That money and those committee meetings were meant to bolster the systems, not the individuals in the system. Surely all this money and activity will bear out in meaning. Nope, more money doesn't mean more meaning. Sometimes our society is creating busy work and sometimes our society is creating busy roles within our society systems to try to build in meaning to that busy work and those busy roles. Is this busy-making serving our society and the individuals within our society? I don't think so. Is our educational goal to help our kids fit into the system? Any system? Not likely. I think a life well-lived, a life on purpose, is fostering and enabling a specific human's unique purpose. A life well-lived is not prepping each member to fit in and enable the system. As an aside, if you happen to know my husband, you might wonder if we're married here. (laughs) Okay, my voice is a whole lot higher in pitch. He could easily do voiceovers. And I won't be running as an independent member of parliament in the next federal election for the Kootenai Columbia riding like he will be. But not coincidentally... We're obviously married for a reason here. Okay, so what's the point of what I'm saying? How does that relate to you? Since I began this discussion point about not taking your kids' education so seriously. I believe we are each on the planet at this time in history. We're all different. We're meant to be here for different reasons. So question for you, why are you here? Why are each of your kids here? If you understand that they are each here for different reasons, then why do we have to prep them to fit into a societal system that serves that self-created system? By no means am I suggesting anarchy here. I'm just suggesting that we do a deep dive and exploration into why we're specifically here. Are we designing our societal systems to serve the individuals of our society? If you're listening to this, you're likely a homeschool parent, but if you're not, please let me know who you are, how you found me, and why you're listening. And if you're a homeschool parent, you likely already value an individualized education for your kids. It's common shtick these days to declare we homeschool families want an individualized education for our kids. But why? Sit with that for a minute. What's the purpose of enabling an individualized education? So I'd actually like to hear what you think. So would you shoot me a message on the socials or via my website capturing the charmed life? Or if you're in the Patreon support group, you know where to find me, and we'll have a chat via Zoom next month. So I'm going to throw this out here as my definition or explanation. What's the purpose of enabling an individualized education? We're trying to give them a unique education because we know they're unique. And we know that their uniqueness, their unique needs, need to be nurtured so they can be their uniqueness when they're living outside our four walls and we're long past present on the planet. Our kids are here for unique reasons. They're here to become and do what they are here to become and do. So is how we're offering an education to them aligning with that? There are a million ways to encourage and enable a human being to develop and become who they were meant to be. And I don't believe there's one right way. So can I encourage you to not overthink how you do it? You get to follow what you believe to the best approach that you understand right now. And if you change in two weeks, that's okay. You learn something more about learning, or you learn something more about your child. And so you're going to add that knowledge into how you're approaching your child's education. You might discover that that $600 gorgeous curriculum in a box was perfect for the first six weeks of the school year. And now your kiddo says they hate their lives. Lesson learned. No more $600 curriculum in a box purchase. Although if you want to, you do you. Try all the homeschool methods or philosophies, or try none of them and do it your own way. No difference. You're experimenting with ideas, following your curiosities, trying to serve your kiddos. That is beautiful, responsible, and loving. Then decide to do it your way when you've decided none of them fit the perfect bill. That's great, too. You'll likely learn what I've learned at the end of my homeschool journey. There is not one right way to homeschool. It does not exist. Just follow the learning opportunities. Have fun doing it as much as you can, because there will always be those days, but have fun doing it as much as you can. Follow your learning opportunities because your kids are watching how you do life too. Observe your kids, listen to them, challenge them, encourage them. Be their guide be their facilitator, be their nurturer, and don't take it all so seriously. The fifth thing I want to share about living your homeschool life on purpose is that too many activities does not make your life more meaningful. Never was I more certain of this reminder than when life slowed dramatically in rural Ghana. We avoided nighttime outdoor activities due to increased mosquito presence And the high malarial potential. Note that I still contracted malaria. (laughs) And we avoided midday outdoor activities because the humidity and heat were suffocating for our North American born souls. They said it was great because it was winter. We played games with the local kids and joined my husband on pediatric grounds. Every conversation was meaningful, kind of like going on a field trip every time we opened the door. So enjoy the solitude that you can capture in your homeschool life. Don't assume that more means more. The concept of less is more is super relevant in the homeschool life too. And the sixth and final thing that I want to share with you about how to live your life, your homeschool life on purpose, is share your life with those who are in and around your community from an authentic heart this is the most profound and meaningful thing that I can do in my life. You don't have to travel to do it. Who are you? And how can you bolster you to become more you so you can share you with your world? Get at it. Be intentional about your work and your play. Be intentional in your community of relationships. And if you want to learn more about how to find your homeschool mama thing, you can check out the post to this podcast episode titled Six Ways to Live Your Homeschool Life on Purpose. And at the very end of number six, you'll find the journal questions available to dig deeper into finding your homeschool mama thing. I want to encourage you to show up as you in this life. Martina McBride in her song shares this lyric. You can spend your whole life building something from nothing. One storm can come and blow it all away, build it anyway. You can chase dreams that seem so out of reach and you know it might never come your way, dream it anyway. Each of these six elements can help us understand ourselves so we can show up in our unique lives on purpose and show our kids how they can show up in theirs, too. So if you're a homeschool mama who's working toward clarifying your values and making sure your activities align with those values, if you're a homeschool mama who wants to live a more intentional homeschool life as you try to do this homeschool thing again, or if you're a homeschool mama trying to clarify why you're here, understand yourself more, and explore your unique reasons to be on the planet outside your homeschool mama role, Know that with a little curiosity, a little inquiry, and a willingness to follow your authentic self, you will confidently declare that you are living your life on purpose too. Thanks for joining me today. I'd love to hear more about you and your homeschool life journey. And if you'd like to share with me how you live your homeschool life on purpose, connect with me on socials. Or share your thoughts on my website, CapturingTheCharmedLife.com. Just like Mina did, Mina shared with me speaking with Teresa in the first minute revealed to me how much I can accomplish when I take a deep breath, speak my desires as a mother aloud. She showed me the clarity I needed was within me all along, and aided me in a practical, actionable way that is something I can start applying that day, which I did. The peace that comes with sharing space with her provides a presence that can be extended to yourself long after the call. I highly recommend working with her. Thank you so much, Mina. Those words are lovely, and I so appreciate hearing that. If you'd like to check out the support group, you can connect with me twice monthly when you do. When you join the Patreon support group, you can find that over on patreon.com slash care. And if you keep coming back to the podcast because you gain ideas, have bolstered confidence, or inspiration for your homeschool, then please leave me a review on Apple Podcast. Doing this tells the algorithm to share this podcast with other homeschool families so they can be bolstered and inspired too. Until next season, I hope you and your homeschooled kids can turn your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You got this, girlfriend.